Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba House of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And Eric Oz is here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Happy spring. <laughs> happy Saturday. Yes. Well, happy almost happy summer. Happy weekend. I know. We're getting there. Yeah. it's I, It's been getting... Well, I keep cracking up because everyone's always talking about the weather, about how it changes so much. Like, oh my gosh, we have this. We have that. I'm like... It's spring. It always does this. I don't know why everyone seems so surprised. Well, this one's a little cold, cooler than normal. So, in fact, uh, next week we're going to have a guest on Michael Murrow, <laughs> Murrow Landscape. Mm-hmm. So maybe he'll talk about that a little bit, you know, what's going on and what, what to do this spring with everything. Like what, to, seems, what to be yeah. worried about if all of your crops get... Well, it's just a late start. Yeah, I think it's a late start. We'll see. I don't know. I've we'll been see. I've been watching stuff since February. I mean, all the hillebores well, went out. The daffodils came out in March. The tulips mm. all came out in April and May, yeah. like they're supposed to. We did like have some confused this. things out there too. That's true. I had roses that's, that's blooming true. in January. <laughs> that's usually the humans. <laughs> <laughs> well, the plants know when it's the right time. <laughs> well, apparently so. Uh, apparently not in my yard. It's yeah. a whole different reality there. They're, but they're that's okay. Feels spring good. is spring is definitely sprung. So yes. happy about that. Yes. Did you did you get out for the opening weekend of boating season? No, and I'm glad I didn't because it looked mighty wet and nasty. Yeah, it was blowing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no, I know it was gross. Yeah. I, I I drove past where opening day was going on it at Seattle Yacht Club because they had the whole you know Windermere Cup and all those things that happen along the cut, the monthly mm-hmm. cut. Um, but I I ended up not going because one, I'm not part of a club anymore, or at least not currently. I'm mm-hmm. going to be joining one probably later this summer. Um, but secondarily, I have had fundraising from I won't say from heck uh, because you know you're doing it because you love these things but I've had three weekends in a row so I'm finally without one Mm. this weekend yay yeah but um, I had uh, Seattle Humane had Mm. their big Texas and um, tails gala Mm -hmm. um, where I am very proud to report that we hit another record excellent over two point three million dollars wow. raised in one event. That's incredible. Yeah, Holy cow. it is the first time I attended several years ago. We did one point two million. Yeah, and then we did one point five million, and then we had COVID, so they had to kind of you know yeah. mix around everything. how everything was going. Mm-hmm. And you know, I just have to say because we've had some folks from Seattle Humane on this show before. It's been several years, mm-hmm. but. Um, I just I love being part of that organization mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. supporting it and the animals. Um, we we give donations as as you know mm-hmm. individually, Eric. Um, you know that my organization always gives. Like once we finish the year's sales and we know exactly how many families that we've helped, mm-hmm. we take that number of homes that we've sold and then we multiply that and we give that out mm-hmm. to four different uh, organizations. That's not even including the stuff I also do with the chamber. Right. Basically what we had was uh, the spring gala for the chamber, Texas entails, and then uh, this last weekend I had um, Renton Technical College. The mm-hmm. foundation had right. our fundraiser for, mm-hmm. for our scholarship programs. And so it's just, I'd already given for the team yeah. for our end of year number, which is, is not a inconsequential number, but then we were there and they, they changed the programming up some this year cause they did some early, um, 
donations mm-hmm. to to set the thing up but then we did a, like a raise the paddle and they brought a lot of animals out and they were showing the kittens that were available currently yeah. i gotta tell you the one that i think really broke everyone's heart though the most yeah they brought because here's what i love about them i've been a supporter for 30 plus years mm-hmm. of seattle humane yeah and when they when i first started with them they were still a kill shelter like mm-hmm. my, like most places. Right. And upwards of half of the animals would be put down every year. Right. And um, so anyway, we were one of the first organizations in the U.S. to go to No Kill. And I started upping my donations for them then because mm-hmm. that was something. I actually wrote a paper at the age of 27 about, it was a persuasive paper, and it was Seattle Humane. Seattle's uh, 15th Street shelter mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. King County shelter that I went and interviewed people who worked there. Mm-hmm. And I wrote a persuasive paper about spay neuter and the mm-hmm. need for people to do that. And uh, w- which was heart wrenching and was very persuasive for my classroom at the time. But now I supported these folks heavy. And not only have we gone a long, long way in terms of spay neuter programs adoption, foster, all of those kinds of things, helping the people who, as they like to say, they like to help people on both ends of the leash, Mm -hmm. right? So the human and the animal. And they now reach out to all of the United States. So like when Puerto Rico had the hurricane, they were helping. They'll bring animals in. Texas. Mm -hmm. you know. So this was the one animal that just, I think, seared into everyone's hearts. They brought this senior dog out that had come in from Texas Mm -hmm. and that had finally been either taken or relinquished from somebody and they were talking about all the medical. Oh my gosh, I'm going to get all upset again. Mm-hmm. This dog had had overcome all these medical issues, and then some of the X-rays, its chest was full of BBs. Oh, someone had been shooting. It oh my gosh, for years. Yeah, and I just can't. Yeah, these dogs can be so forgiving too, and exactly. that sort of thing goes it on. It was so sweet. Yeah. So anyway, I know thank Here, you, tissues, some tissues. tissues over the sneeze guard. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. Um, I mean, obviously, I care a lot. Yeah, um, of course. So it was, it was yeah. just so great to be part of that. And my girlfriend, Julie uh, Pratt, and I, we always try and bring new people to that and, and open them. And, and my date for the night, he was also just like, I didn't realize you know, some of the things that happen. Oh, Cause like, yeah. it's just not mm-hmm. in his purview. It's not who he is right. as a person. So to know that there's people out there doing all these amazing things. Um, well, you know, I've, I've mentored uh, Eagle Scouts mm-hmm. in the, in the past. And one of our Eagle Scouts actually for his Eagle Scout project built, um, elevated beds for the King County shelter. Oh yeah. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, cause the dogs, you know, they don't want to be sleeping on the floor. So he right. made up these yeah. really cool hammocks. Yeah. Those, those you know, are the very popular. It helps take the, mm-hmm. the weight and it helps yep. with temperature Comfortable and, and a whole lot of things. everything else. Yeah. yeah. That no, was, that nice. was his Eagle Scout project. I thought oh, was really, so really cool. creative you yes. know, to do. So, yeah, wow, that's super cool things. Well, that's awesome. You know, so. I encourage everybody get out there, get involved. Yeah. You know, every yeah. little bit helps if it's not money you can and you know, donate time or volunteer. Exactly. And uh, exactly, it's, it's all yeah. it's all good. Well, all the ones that we tend to focus on are all about helping people belong and find housing, and that's actually mm-hmm. one of the things we're going to be talking about today. Is, it is. is and you know, maybe you don't. Maybe you don't need help out of homelessness, but maybe you're somebody who's like, "Hey, I want to buy a house, but it doesn't feel like I can." So, it, or we'll talk or about it's it. just the opposite. I want a dog. 
Yeah. But I don't have a place to keep that dog. Right. I got to buy a house. Yes. Or or something. Well, you know, you know to get that into that's that. why I started buying houses because I wanted to have pets and, <laughs> and most landlords won't let you have them. Absolutely. And and that's why, you know, today on the show, we really kind of wanted to focus on affordability because, yep. you know, let's face it, with rates going up, it's it's become, it's become more difficult. Uh, you know, some of our clients have been priced out of the market or at least down in the market. Mm-hmm. In fact, the income you know needed to afford a typical mortgage payment uh, is up 34% this year, the income required to, to qualify. Oh, wow. So when you look at that, it's like, ooh, man, that's that's a challenge. Mm-hmm. But there's hope and there there are okay. there are options, there are, are well, things good. to do. So the, And that's what we all want. Yeah. We, just, ab- we all want hope. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and I and I'll meet with some clients and, and you know, I say, Well, where are you think you know, what are you thinking about and where are you thinking about buying? Oh, I you know, I want to buy in Bellevue and it's like, okay. Uh, and what do you do for a living? Well, I, I work at QFC mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, yeah. my, my partner is, uh, you know, works for the, the, the local municipality, you know, so mm-hmm. we're both on salaries. It's like, well, probably not going to be Bellevue. Yeah. You know, let's be realistic about that. Yeah. Well, we yeah. actually have a mutual client right now that's, uh, works at the school district. Mm-hmm. Right. Seattle school district. Both of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two, two that yeah. work at the two school district. Two different roles. Right. But yeah. And, and they came in with a budget. They had an idea of what sort of payment they wanted. And that payment did not lead them to Seattle. No. You know, and, and, and we tried. They, yeah, they tried. They tried. And, and so, so you have to make some compromises. And it's like, well, okay, what do I want? Do I want a house? Do I want a, a or a mm-hmm. less expensive home, a condo, mm-hmm. a townhome, possibly yeah. a manufactured home? Right. And that's going to point what direction to go in. But, I think we need to be realistic about the fact that this first home purchase may not be your your forever home. Right. That well, this might know, be a stepping stone to the next one or the I'm, next one or the next one. I'm glad we're talking about it because I do think that there has been a period of time where people think especially cuz we look generationally it's it's I think it's awesome that we're talking about this um by the way because I I just finished a um business masterclass with Darren Hardy's organization again. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we talk about, um, especially because there's a portion of this about hiring and the challenges of today versus, you know, one or two generations ago mm-hmm. is because of what's happened over time and the expectations that come with it. Yes. Right. Because my grandparents and your grandparents came from a time where they were just trying to get stability. Mm-hmm. Right. The early 1900s was a time of heck. The United States was still expanding mm-hmm. at that point and growing and people were still, you know, coming out from, you know, the East Coast to the West Coast. I mean, 1889, isn't it? that Washington became a state. Yes. <laughs> then. <laughs> so that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. There were no <laughs> you know? paved roads back then. Right. No subdivisions. <laughs> no sewers, you know, <laughs> no. All, all that That's kind of right. stuff, right? So we have to remember where we came from. So back then, we were just trying to get some stability, and mm-hmm. people were building the first ha- the houses that we now consider the, you know, classics, and cla- you know, the antique homes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, were brand new back then. They were, right? and they probably did not have indoor plumbing. No, you know, exactly, or, or electricity. Yeah, a of lot that. of houses here didn't mm-hmm. even have indoor plumbing until 1960s, mm-hmm. and so you know, so here we had that. At first, it was stability, and then there's about a 60 year period that's from the 1980s back 
um, to when we started to have abundance. Mm -hmm. Right. That's when the whole, you know, industrial age really took off. And we, you know, actually the information age, you know, we mm -hmm. went from the industrial age to the information age. And now we're in the digital age. Mm -hmm. And the people who are growing up in the digital age have never had to worry about any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. That's correct. Yeah. Right. So it's a completely different dynamic. And they forget that our parents had the starter homes. I had a starter home. Mm -hmm. It's a thing. That's right. <laughs> you know, just because you saw your parents' third house doesn't mean that needs to be your first house. Absolutely. Well, don't you worry. We're going to be right back. We've got more open house with Team Riva. With hope. <laughs> That's right. Just a few minutes here. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. Eric Osnes here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And Reba has her team, Reba, who's got herself pulled together good, now good. after thinking You're about that sweet doggy. <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> and well, I'm back to hope. <laughs> excellent. Well, we are here every Saturday at 2 o'clock. And Sundays at 3. And then always on podcast. Yes, with over 260 episodes. Yeah. From all of our time on air, because we've only been on this station for about three and a half years. Right. But we have three years of content prior. And you know what this means. I, I know we're in May. But that means you and I need to be planning our seven-year anniversary party. Oh, we should. Yes, for sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to do some best of clips Well, we need to do best like ofs. But here's the other thing. I think it would be a great thing if we had a gathering and we brought all of the guests Oh, or at least invited the guests that yeah. have been on the show to yeah. like a big little, oh, a big fun. little, yeah. <laughs> to a fun little event. That's a great idea. Like that would be a ton be a lot of, of fun. fun. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, I don't know, listeners, if you are interested in something like that, maybe even getting to meet some of our guests, let us know if you have some interest. You can send me an email at info at teamreba.com to let us know if you're interested. I have a sneaking suspicion wine might be involved in that uh, mm. get together as well. You would be correct. <laughs> I think there'll be some some fun beverages, yes. Mm, good, good, good. Definitely. Yeah, well, do you want an update on interest rates? Yes, yes. While we're thinking about drinking, how are those rates doing? Well, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's like that Springsteen song, you know, one step forward and two steps back. Mm. Actually, we had a pretty good week last week yeah. and put a little bit of downward pressure on rates. You know, this week, this week was a, a bit more volatile, and we're bouncing from economic statistic to statistic to speeches by the Fed. Mm. And um, more volatility can be expected. But we were really hopeful that we had hit a ceiling with interest rates last week mm -hmm. and not quite so sure that that, that ceiling is going to hold. Okay. Uh, so inflation, of this course. This is not is, the glass ceiling you want to break? Is not, that what you're saying? No, <laughs> definitely not. Uh, we've broken enough ceilings this year already. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, it's it's all about inflation. And the inflation is pervasive. Uh, even Ben Bernanke, who was a former chairman of the Fed, came out this week saying, yeah, it was a mistake that the Fed didn't start increasing rates sooner. Well, you've been saying that for a mm -hmm. long time. Of course, he also masterminded a lot of uh, printing of money during his you know, regime as well. So he's no angel. Uh, but uh, here's where we're at right now. The national averages for a conventional 30-year fixed rate mortgage, 5.37%. That's actually down uh, almost yeah. a quarter of a percent from last week. Well, good. 15-year uh, fixed rates, 4.78%, down eh, pretty flat from last week. 
uh, 30-year fixed rate FHA and VA transactions, 5%. You know, that's down about an eighth of a percent from last week. 30-year fixed rate jumbos, uh, still trending below a conventional rate, 4.75, about flat from, okay. from where we were last week. A uh, five-year adjustable rate, 4.59%, and that's pretty flat from last mm-hmm. week as well. So we didn't go up. Mm-hmm. Got that going for us. Yeah. I'll take it. Every every time I'll, t- I'll take that. Uh, so looking forward, you know, what can we expect as mm-hmm. the year goes out? Some economists are saying we're, we're hopefully topping out. Other economists aren't quite so sure yet. Uh, this week, um, one of the big speeches was uh, was Jay Powell, the chairman of the Fed, who was just reappointed to another four-year uh, term. Uh, was uh, <laughs> This is kind of funny. Before he was reappointed this week, mm-hmm. he, or actually it was last week, he was saying, well, I think we can engineer a, a soft landing for our economy. In other words, avoid a recession. Uh, uh, and, and then he was reappointed to a four-year term. And now he's like, well, we're not so sure about that. You know, the, and, and there are increasing signs that we'll probably slip into mm-hmm. a recession, I think, I think later this year. Um, uh, but yeah. this week, the Fed also continued their speech, nothing new, but that they intend to be very aggressive, increasing interest rates to slow the economy down to get inflation under control. And let's, let's be clear about that. The way you control inflation mm-hmm. is, is by throwing a wet blanket on the economy. You right. have to slow it down. This week uh, we had some pretty strong, uh, you know, consumer spending numbers. They were mm-hmm. up higher than what were expected. You know, jobs creation is still fairly strong, although mm-hmm. a lot of these are jobs that were lost during COVID. They're coming mm-hmm. back. Uh, you know, these are strengths in the economy, which makes it even more important that the Fed, you know, throw that wet blanket and slow things down. So looking forward, we may see the rates still go get a little bit higher before they they, before they level go. off okay. and start to go down a little bit. I was I was having a couple of different conversations around this topic um, just this week. I had one person I know who's like looking for a boat. Yeah. And so he he was asking me like what was going on in the housing market because he's he's like, I'm just really surprised at how busy the boat market is right now. Oh yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Because oh, yeah. that continues to be pretty strong. Yeah. And he's struggling to find a. He's looking anywhere between like a forty to fifty foot, you know, mm-hmm. twin diesel engine kind of kind of Big boat. boat. Yeah, a fairly sizable boat. Um, and then you know he asked me. He's like, "Well, how's the housing market?" And I went, "Still chugging along. You know, mm-hmm. like it's it's got some alterations to it, but it it hasn't mm-hmm. stopped. You know, and that's the thing that keeps surprising me um, is the number of people who just automatically think it's just going to stop." Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's still the leftovers of, you know, the Great Recession. Yeah. That's in some people's minds. Yes. Or there's also a lot of junk on the Internet that, you you know, you see, like I, I made the mistake of signing up for Reddit. Um. <laughs> oh, there's some hilarious oh, stuff on there. Man, there's a yeah. bunch of misinformation flying around. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of bad opinions with no facts to back them up. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> which. You just you just described every social media platform out there. <laughs> I know, but some are a little more vehement about certain topics. Like on Facebook, most people are too busy showing like their vacations and stuff. We don't really get into housing discussions. Yeah. But Reddit and Quora and a few others, like they tend to like that just like feeds into the mm-hmm. fear factor for people. Right, right. Because it's not about the pictures. 
in those locations, it's just, you know, people who like to read and think mm-hmm. they're doing research, except for they're researching, not with people who are knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there was someone who asked a question. Uh, I'll, I'll give you this example because you're a lender. Someone was on there and they said, hey, I got given this particular rate. And as I'm starting to look around, I'm finding out there was something else better available for me. Should I be shopping this around? And and as you and I both know, every individual is their own problem, you know, like story problem. Oh, for sure. Right? To solve. And this person started describing how, you know, like once you dug into what they were saying, it was like, well, okay, you were actually being quoted an FHA rate because they were they were comparing the APR. So mm-hmm. they're like, I was told this rate, but then my APR is this. Am I being screwed? And I'm like, okay, well, first of all, it means you don't understand the difference between the two of them. Yeah. So a bunch of people started jumping in, trying to explain the difference of what these things meant, and then recommending, well, maybe you should have been comparing lenders. And then the person's like, well, and then we have FHA. And someone's like, well, okay, you didn't say it was FHA before. That might also be higher because of the- PMI. Mortgage- yeah, because the mortgage insurance cost. And so, so the more you dug into it, it was like, dude, you can't- because I got on and gave a very long response with details added and, you know, definitions of terms and, you know, all these other things. And then you, know, you find out that the person was a teacher. And so they were directed to a down payment assistance program, which is probably where all the stuff emanated from to begin mm. with. Yeah, there's there's it's very easy to get misdirected online for sure. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it was driving me because the whole time I was doing it, I was like, I should have just well, like, made so you go look at it. One of the big conspiracies out there is that we are headed towards a housing crash. I don't know if it's a conspiracy right. or not, uh, but. You and I have been jumping up and down for a long time saying Uh it's not going to happen. Right. There is a shortage of inventory. Mm -hmm. There was a statistic out this week that talked about forbearance rates. Yeah. And forbearance was a program that was launched during COVID to keep people in their Mm -hmm. homes, ones that had, you know, been out of their jobs for a while. And to even say it was launched is almost a bit of a misnomer. It's it's a it's a uh, option enhanced or increased available. or whatever. Yes, yeah. absolutely. It's, it's always an been there. Option available that has been around for mm-hmm. a while, always but it was there. really brought forward to prevent loss of homes. Right. And if you go on YouTube or something like mm-hmm. that and type in housing crash 2022, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the folks out there that are jumping up and down are going to say all these forbearances are coming to an end and I, they're all going to go into foreclosure and it's going to mm-hmm. crash the housing market. Yep. Just yesterday well, I saw someone say we have 181 million homes going into foreclosure and I'm like, <laughs> wait, what? okay. So <laughs> I, I thought I would share a statistic because Please. the forbearance rate Mm-hmm. is less than 1% of the total housing stock nationwide. There's fewer amazing. than a half a million homes in forbearance across the country. Yeah, That's not enough to move the market at all. Mm-mm. No. So just let that sink in because we are not yeah. going to see a bubble. Yeah. People have equity in their homes. And, yeah. and if you have equity in your home, you're not going to lose your home to foreclosure. No. If you can't make your payments, and unfortunately that will happen to some, mm-hmm. you sell your home. Right. And you pocket the profit. Yeah. And you can still move and do something else yes. with that. Absolutely. You know, whether it's needing to rent, 
whether it's going to a lower price market and buying a house for cash, mm-hmm. even. Yeah. You know, there's a whole bunch of these things. In fact, that was even the guy who was trying to buy the boat. He's like, I don't understand why the boat market's so busy. I'm like, probably because there's still people selling their houses and getting a boatload of, literally a boatload of cash. And RSUs <laughs> and, and crypto. Right. And, there, there's and, all kinds of well, other stuff. Well, not crypto so much still, anymore, but. Yeah, but yeah. it's still, there's other things driving it. And it it's is. just like, dude, come on. Like, yeah. you're being a little myopic. But, you know, that. Um, that whole thing around just how many homes need to show up for us to deal with this housing shortage issue. You and I have talked about on several shows. In fact, just what two, maybe between the last two and four shows that we did, Mm -hmm. we even had a discussion where we were just, um, I had the article from the national association of home builders, right? They themselves, these are the guys who build the houses. Mm-hmm. They believe it's a ten-year window before mm-hmm. we can even catch up. Right, right. I mean, you brought in an article today that we're going to talk about mm-hmm. that in Biden's plan, it says five years, mm-hmm. and that's if you can get this thing to work. Right. The and the the right. In fact, we I know we've got to mm-hmm. jump onto a break here in just a minute, but yeah, um, we'll talk about that in the next segment. Uh, there there is some government effort moving forward to help right. with this problem. In fact, it was a couple of weeks ago we had Randy Banneker on, mm-hmm. um, you know, local attorney who helps or He's actually PR a yeah, PR yeah. person, uh, but helps lobby for the real estate industry mm-hmm. and trying to lower the barriers to home builders to make it easier for them to build right. to and increase in densities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, okay, I have to throw this out there because we're going into a break here in a minute. My neighbor blew me away the other day was saying, well, you know, these younger generations, I think we should just follow what they want to do. They want to go and take like all these hotels that are being in all the being built in all the downtowns and just take those and turn them into homeless shelters. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I don't think you get to just go seize someone's asset. I'm speechless. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, Remax Metro Eastside. And Eric Oz is here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Yes, and we're just all a Twitter well, with this subject. Yeah, we're talking about home affordability. And this mm-hmm. week, um, the, the Biden administration did unveil a plan that wants to close the housing supply gap. Uh, you know, which mm-hmm. they're putting it at 1.5 million homes. I've heard it mm-hmm. as high as 4 million homes you know, so depending on who you listen to, the the shortage of housing is is significant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, under under this plan, the government would not build any houses, but it would expand sweeteners and reduce regulatory hurdles so that the private sector can provide and produce the needed homes. I'm great. Okay, I'm, but I'm, the, I'm okay let, with that. That's okay. Let's finish where that sentence or paragraph was going. Mm-hmm. Um. They think that would only create 100,000 homes in three years. <laughs> right. That's so not going to quite cut it. That's not That's not getting 1.5 million no. in so five. No, there's, so there's some additional kind of kickers yeah. in there. One, and I can't access the whole report because you sent me the link oh, to yeah, it, and I don't have a, a membership to this. Or whatever, yeah. Um, well, 
But so, I, I can see that it says another measure would expand existing federal subsidies for multifamily housing development. Another would hand out tax credits for developing or rehabbing homes for owner occupants instead of large investors mm-hmm. making available 125,000 homes for low and middle income home buyers. Right. And some of the things that, that struck me are, are in direct conflict with, with, within government agencies. Mm-hmm. So the, here, they're, for instance, they're talking about making it easier for a person to get a construction financing home, basically a construction loan to build ADUs or detached accessory dwelling units. Okay. Um, also to make it easier to buy manufactured homes. Right now, a lot of manufactured mm-hmm. homes, unless you own the land that that manufactured home's being mm-hmm. placed on, right. you can't get a 30-year mortgage. Right. You have to use what's called a chattel mortgage, just like a car loan. Right. Yeah. You know, at, mm-hmm. a, at a significantly higher interest rate. You know, the the problem with some of these rules is that they they're in direct conflict with Fannie Mae guidelines, Freddie Mac guidelines, Ginnie Mae guidelines. Mm-hmm. So unless those guidelines are are softened, it's these these grants aren't going to go anywhere. Although it makes me wonder, like, do you think that they're also talking to some like? private equity out there somewhere looking to do outside of those no no okay no i i think i'm just always curious i don't, I don't think so i think the government works differently they're going to either try and reduce uh, bureaucratic barriers you know good luck with that mm-hmm. or they're going to give the money to housing finance agencies like our mm-hmm. local washington state housing finance commission right and then they'll do the work to uh, contract with local contractors, hopefully, and mm-hmm. and you know build build more homes, build some higher density, build some lower income or moderate income type homes. So you know one of the one of the the rules that really gets me, and I still don't understand it, is that if I let's say I put an accessory dwelling unit in my backyard, mm-hmm. I'm increasing the density in my neighborhood. Right. As a homeowner, I there's so many advantages. We've done shows on this. You know, the advantage yeah. is I've got some rent that I can get from that home, yep. or I could put a caregiver in that home if I'm yes. aging, pre- prevent me from aging out of my own home. Yeah, or I have family members. Family members who, yeah. coming in. Multi-generational housing. Right. Lots of lots of reasons. And yet, the Fannie Mae guidelines, with one exception, will not allow us to count rent income from an accessory dwelling unit to help you qualify. Mm-hmm. So if I buy a, a home, it's got an accessory dwelling unit, it's drawing in 1200 bucks a month rent mm-hmm. as a lender I can't use that with one exception there's a first time home buyer program and if my income is less than 86 roughly $86,000 that program will allow me to use that that income from an accessory dwelling unit but if that's I earn more so, than that then that's I can't nuts. Mm-hmm. yeah so that is so nuts why do you think that is it is a it is a concerted effort on behalf of of the secondary markets, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, mm-hmm. to not help the small investor, and they've they've purposely done this. It's the Federal Housing Finance Agency that has oversight. Mm-hmm. They've done that in a couple different ways over the last year. Uh, one is that they've they've significantly increased the interest rates if you're purchasing an investment property. Mm-hmm. They've increased the interest rates if you're purchasing a second home. They will not buy construction mm-hmm. loans. They actually uh, also require higher down payments now too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, in some many yeah. instances. Uh, if you're borrowing more than the the standard Fannie Mae limit, which is $647,200 in King mm-hmm. Pierce, Snohomish counties, you can get a loan up to 891000 uh, for a single family or up to a four-unit property, the mm-hmm. limits are a little bit higher. Uh, 
but uh, the interest rates are significantly higher as well. So, okay, so they're discouraging everything but single family owner occupied transactions. But you're also saying that they're kind of working against a small investor. Do you think there's larger institutional investors also helping provide that pressure? Well, they're not providing the pressure. There's a few solutions out there on on the non non secondary market, non Fannie Mae, non Freddie Mac. We call them we not call them non QM type loans, or we call them uh, non you know basically jumbo loans. Right. Uh, so there's private investors that will bridge the gap to some extent, but not with small. No, no, no I'm not saying to. I'm not saying for them to bridge the gap on the lending. I'm just wondering if it's because when I hear that, I can't help but have my brain leap to the because we've been seeing small investors, small mom and pop investor ownership, even locally, mm-hmm. be beaten by you know local laws and rule changes and things against that that are much more onerous on a small investor versus a large institutional size mm-hmm. right investor, right. Mm-hmm. and it just it feels like because this is something that I, you and I. I I don't know if we're even getting to all the topics that you and I wanted to cover in today's show, but it does feel like if you are somebody who is trying to start investing in real estate, it's there. Everything's working against you, mm-hmm. right? It it makes it much more much more expensive. Yeah, yeah. that's so it does almost true. then force mm-hmm. someone into the okay. You got to buy the single family home and then do your move up. But mm-hmm. like, here's what you and I wanted to talk about on the show, though, today. We want to talk about that, like that first step is yeah. important. But we're saying do that to get the equity mm-hmm. to be able to step up later. Right. That I agree. I totally believe in that. I mean, yeah. and I did it. I know you did it. Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a, sort of a rite of passage. People, you know, you know, a lot of folks these days, they, they want the perfect home, but... You know, maybe you're not going to get that the first time out. Maybe right. you're going to have to commute. Maybe you're going to have to take a train or a bus. Right. My first house had to have renovations. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know, oh. it was not. It, so did my second house. Oh. My third house didn't because it was a brand new construction and I liked it the way it was. But right. the fourth house I've got has been a, a total redo over the time that I've had it. And now my Anacortis house is a total gut well, job. Well, you're, you're helping my, my son and daughter-in-law, you know, purchase mm-hmm. their first home. Yeah. And it's a, it's a cute house. It's in a oh, nice, it's, it's in a nice neighborhood, but it's a starter home. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, as evidenced by the downstairs toilet. That sits all by itself. It is in the <laughs> middle of a room. Yeah. <laughs> and, my uh, my yes. other son came up though with a, a perfect solution for that. Mm-hmm. He's going to buy them a tent, and they're going to cut a hole in the floor of the tent and just put Pop it right it over right the top, top of, of that commode. There. I was going to say you could just do a curtain around it for now until <laughs> they're ready to like build around the whole thing. I think a magazine rack and call it good, but that's just me. <laughs> that that is just you. <laughs> that's, anyway, that's totally your kind of the, solution. The, the the point is, I think that. People need to realize they're going to have to make some compromises. They're going right. to have to look at other areas, other yeah. alternatives. You mentioned earlier when we have some clients that, that bought in Auburn. And, yeah, because they, they started in Seattle. Right. We did fight the good fight. We actually mm-hmm. even put an offer out on a place that was in Seattle in the area near where they currently live and yeah. rent. But it, they were just going to get priced out because they are using a down payment assistance program. They mm-hmm. are, you know, they had modest savings. But we were able to get so much more bang for the buck right? when we, because I talked to them about it. And thankfully, they did start also talking to some of their colleagues who mm-hmm. said, hey, here, we live here. Yeah. You know, they're like, we do the commute from Auburn and here's what it looks like. Right. 
And so now they're rethinking some of their plans. Yeah. Um, and they're reasonable adjustments yeah. for them. And and get in. You yeah. Know, start building that. Start building that yeah. equity. And, and they're actually getting the right size, right quality of mm-hmm. home for them too mm-hmm. so right. that they can just move in and live and start doing the yard the way they want right. like it's i'm so excited for them yep yeah, super for sure. excited for, for them. sure now for some you you need to live closer in then mm-hmm. we're looking at a condo or we're looking at a you're town home to, yeah you have to give so, up size right so let's talk about that a little bit mm-hmm. because those have their nuances as well yeah one of the things that changed also which is kind of a, a reflection of our current financial market is some of the first-time homebuyer programs the zero down programs have been suspended yeah and there, there there just isn't a secondary market for those for those programs the the in fact I was talking with uh, Corinna Obar, who we've had on the, f- oh, right, on, the yeah. on the show before, mm-hmm. uh, she's one of the directors at the Washington State Housing Finance Commission. I asked her, like, what do you think? You know, are these programs coming back? And she's like, we don't have any investors for them right now. You know, we're hopeful that that they will come back, but not until we see improvement in the secondary markets. So if you're trying to buy a home using a zero down program, there are still some zero down programs out there, especially if your income is below the median, 80% of the median. So roughly about Mm $86,000, there are still some, some zero down, good zero down programs available. If your income's higher than that, there are programs available up to household income or excuse me, individual incomes of 160,000, you know, for Mm -hmm. the borrowers on the loan. Uh, But your only option will be an FHA loan not a conventional loan. FHA, a couple things to think about. Number Mm -hmm. one, the mortgage insurance. It's expensive and it cannot be removed. The only way to get rid of it is to refinance the loan or Or pay it off or sell. Mm -hmm. Uh, The second thing is if you're purchasing a condo, the condo project must be approved by FHA. There are some exceptions. There are what are Mm -hmm. called a spot approval that Mm -hmm. can be done, but not on every project. It depends on the current concentration levels of FHA loans in that project. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, it's one more hurdle to go through or just one more thing to research just to make sure. So if you're out there looking, hey, I found this condo. It it suits my needs. Yeah. Just as a reminder, Mm. make sure that you're working with your agent on that too. Because as you and I both know, I had someone have me go jump through a bunch of hoops for a VA Mm -hmm. loan. Um, only to find out the complex they sent me to and hours and hours of time and research on my part mm-hmm. um, and travel time and everything else uh, was for naught. Because they, they got excited about a place mm-hmm. they looked at yep. and they and even though they knew they needed to check it, they forgot about it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. usually when they call me up and say, hey, there's a place I want to see because I have to do video remotes for them. I go immediately because they're supposed to do that. And then they forgot. And it, yeah. they, they were so apologetic because I'm like, I just spent like a ridiculous amount of time on this. <laughs> so, you know, we get it. We get it. But make sure you're doing your research and partner with your professionals. That's right. Well, we're not going to spend a ridiculous amount of time on this break, but we're going to be back in just a couple minutes. So stay tuned. More Open House. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Austin is here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba. And I forgot to wish every Norwegian out there a happy Satende Mai, which was this week, <laughs> Norwegian Independence Day. <laughs> okay. 
Well, thank you for have that. A, have a slug yes. of Akavit and, you know, give a Skull. give a toast no to King Olaf. Say. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's right. Gotcha. Uh, you haven't been to the big parade in Ballard then, apparently. I, That's a fun mm, thing. You should I do that sometime. have not. Next year. Okay. I guess you need to tell me about it before it happens instead of after. Well, it's every it's yeah. a ten day Mai. It's every year on the seventeenth of May. Okay, that's always you know Cinco de Mayo. Kind of like the Fourth of July. Everybody knows I, when the Fourth of July is going to be. I, okay, I know when Cinco de Mayo is. I just don't think that's of, right. What is exactly. it called? Setende de Mayo. Setende Mayo. Setende Mayo. Yep, May seventeenth. Okay. Yeah. All right. Gotcha. Yeah. Put that one on your calendar. Okay. It is a. Really cute parade. I'm sure it's, it's a, a great time. Fun. Yeah, it's a. <laughs> and did did you go this year? I didn't, unfortunately. Okay, well so. then don't be giving me no smack. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what can I say? But I have been before. <laughs> like you know when it is, but you didn't go. Okay, <laughs> what were you doing? Huh? What were you doing? Uh, on September Mai, I was uh, I was uh, in my office, unfortunately working. Ah, okay. <laughs> yes. I was waiting to hear shrimping. No, 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 no. That's coming up, though. Oh, that's okay. coming yeah. up pretty, No, pretty I know soon. it is. I know it is. I yeah. have some people who are telling me things they can't do because they're like, oh, I'm sorry. That's sorry. when. That's a shrimping day. I got to be out there. Mm-hmm. Got to be out there. I, I, I need to get on my boat. I have not been on my boat yet. So uh, you <laughs> asked okay. about opening day, and I'm like, <laughs> I haven't even like opened the door of my boat. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Now. Let's talk about opening doors of houses yeah, and housing. So affordable housing in King County. Mm-hmm. I think you ran some statistics. Well, so I'm just running some searches just to give, you know, thank you for listening. Here's some interesting details for your next cocktail party or Zoom call or whatever you got going on. Um, Just as a quick rundown, like a lot of times we've always thought that like kind of beginning house price because it's below the median, Mm -hmm. right? So let's just say I take 500,000 and I look to see what's active currently on the market right now Mm -hmm. in King County. Yeah. So that search in the MLS is 489 total but that is not yet broken down if i if i break it into residential it's 67 units but that is also without me removing manufactured homes from it so as soon as i removed three types which is you know from single wide to triple wide sizing it drops to 56 units okay so in all of king county all the cities in King County, there's only 56. And that's probably townhouses plus some small ramblers. Yikes. Yeah. There's 193 condos. So as you can see, there's okay. almost four times as many condos as there are houses. Mm-hmm. And then there was like 39 manufactured um, that were actually labeled that, not as single family, but yeah. just like manufactured. Yeah. And then there was 190 rentals. Now, what are the when you say 190 rentals? Mm-hmm. There's actually some rentals that get put into the MLS. Oh, I see. These the are vast homes majority for rent. For rent. I got gotcha. So they're not for sale. They're okay. just for rent. I'm gonna cross um, those out then. Yeah. Okay. So we've got a, we've got 56 single family homes, 193 condos. Mm-hmm. So about 250. Yep. And then 39 manufactured. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we only have about 250 that are actually either condo or single family. Right. Right. Okay. Not a lot. And that's King County. That's just King County. Okay. 500 and under. All right. Not well, not tons of choices, but there's choices. There are. Now, if I go into that, let, let's say I'm looking at the residential and I want to look at the mapping tool for that. Well, where are those homes? And my map's going to take a second here on the, come on, internet. 
So I'm looking here. A couple of them are, I think, wow, two of them are way the heck out on Highway 2, it looks like. Um, and then everything else is concentrated into, let's see, we've got a few out towards Buckley and Cumberland and Black Diamond. So that's not a surprise. Mm -hmm. There's definitely some within Auburn, Federal Way. So like when I'm looking, and these are some like two bed, one bath. So what, you know, what you're going to get for that money is going to vary quite a bit. I've got one that's a three bed, one and a half bath, 1280 square feet in Des Moines. Okay. Which now Condo? I am actually calling Des Moines. No, it's a, it's a little house. Oh, it's a house. It's a little house. Interesting. But here's, here's one of the reasons why uh, now it's been on the market for five days right now. And it's, you know, kind of a cute little... Cute little mid-century type home. Mm -hmm. had, it's had some updates. I'm going through it real quick here. Um, so it's a it's a solid little house. Here's one of the reasons that it's not going to go as crazy as some others um, is one and a half bath. Because mm -hmm. the most sold home we know every year is a minimum of three bed, two bath. Yeah. And that means like three quarter to full, right? Not half baths. Right. So, and this one is an estate sale, as is condition on this. They've got um, a deck that could use a little work. It looks mostly in decent shape. I mean, this would be the kind of thing, like if I was if I was trying to buy a little place for me as a first home, I'd be fine with that. Right. Because with the half bath, I've got a guest bath and then one for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like I'm a single woman and I could, it has a nice yard. I would totally take a look at this house yeah i raised a family with a bath and a half yes Fine. you did mm -hmm. yeah i sold that house mm -hmm. yeah and so i mean it's totally doable people just have to you know be willing to make adjustments and or like that's one of the things that i know you know when i'm working with people we also look at what is the potential like mm -hmm. we'll look at sometimes like if we can't find your exact thing we'll look for like the next best right that has potential mm -hmm. because exactly. You might get into that property, get in for a few years, build up that equity position, and then now maybe you can go get that line of credit to get the funds in which to add the rest of the bath. Mm -hmm. Exactly. If it's built out correctly, then you can do that. Yeah, absolutely. We're doing a ton of that type of transaction these days where, where people are wanting to stay in that home and, and mm -hmm. we're doing a home equity line of credit. Yeah. Do that remodel. They don't want to. They don't want to refinance necessarily because they've got that right. nice three percent interest oh, yeah. rate. Yeah, and uh, it's a good. It's a good solution. Or they're using a line of credit to to pull some equity out of the home for a down payment on mm -hmm. the next house. And you can or buy you, a home owner occupied, mm -hmm. live in it one year. Yeah. After that. There's no restrictions on that home. You can convert it to a rental if you want. Right. And in that case, if we're qualifying you, you purchasing mm -hmm. a next home, you're converting your home to a rental, we can use the rent income from that home right. to help you qualify for the next one. All, all of these are great options. And I, here's the thing I also want to point out to everyone, because this happens with me all the time when I'm looking at houses with mm -hmm. clients. Sometimes getting that small house that you have the potential to add on to, because it's in the location that you're looking for, is also the next best option. Mm -hmm. Because I got to tell you, the vast majority of houses in the Seattle marketplace have all had additions done to them. <laughs> oh, yeah. They've all had modifications. Yeah, absolutely. They, it, I walk into places and I start pointing stuff out to people and they're like, oh, oh, I didn't see that there. I'm like, yeah, because you look at houses differently than I do. Mm -hmm. I, can, right. I can look at a roof line and tell you what got added on. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like, okay, that house, this was the kind of construction style in this particular time period, and here's these things that were changed and modified, and oh, it looks like this. Like, mm-hmm. just like my house up in Anacortes, I could tell it had 50s, 70s, and 1990s modifications right. to it. And then yeah. when we had to tear into the floor and saw the different layers and the different kinds of products that were in there in that, you know, basically it's like excavating dirt. Right, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. you can see yeah. what millennia it came from, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I was like, yep, like those are the styles and types right. of products that were mm-hmm. being used in these types right. of eras. Right. So it's, it's not hard to do a forensic analysis on a house. No. So really look at, I think you're absolutely right. Look at your first home as a stepping stone. Yeah. And if you're going to be there maybe longer than you'd plan, mm-hmm. look at what could I do to this home to make it, you know, cool to yeah. make, 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 make us happy with it. Your lot size will make a difference on maybe if you can make an mm-hmm. addition. Right. Or you can go up. Mm-hmm. You know, there's other ways. I mean, that's the thing that like for your son's new place, that basement isn't fully built out. So it has options. Oh, yeah. It has more value add that can happen to mm-hmm. it. Right. I still love one of my most favorite things is it already had the catio built. That, that just one has, slays me. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Because that was definitely going to be a project no matter yeah. what. It was already on their list. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. totally on the list. But, you know, so those yeah. those are the things is like, look at the gem in front of you instead of, you know, diamonds until they're cut aren't beautiful. That's true. And there's always YouTube, coat of paint, a little bit of handiwork, and you can have it looking good in no time. Yep. Well, thanks for listening in today. Join us every Saturday at 2, Sundays at 3. Have a great weekend.